0: وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استنى بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم والذين آمنوا أشد حبا لله صَدَقَ al All praise, all thanks, is only due to Allah Ta'ala, who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity on this Mubarak Day of Jumuah Together in the house of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, we make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows us to see many, many more days of Jumuah We make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows us to appreciate this Mubarak Day of Jumuah And we also make dua to Allah Ta'ala that He allows the last day of our earthly life to meet the Mubarak Day of Jumu'ah. This Ayat of the Quran which I recited, Allah Ta'ala is speaking about those believers, those true believers, one quality of theirs is Ashaddu Hubbal that they love Allah Ta'ala intensely, they got intense love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We find that this Mubarak month of Ramadan is coming and it's approaching very fast. It's just a matter of a few weeks away and this is the month where the Beloveds, they start looking forward to gaining more of this month, this month of love, the month of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gaining more reward and gaining more acceptance and opportunity to get much closer to the beloved. So those people that are the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are looking forward to getting close to the beloved Allah ta'ala. So the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are getting ecstatic. You find that when the month of December is coming, then those people that are in business, those people that are running businesses, there is a sense of excitement that our revenue is going to increase, our turnover is going to increase. This is the month that normally will carry us for a few months after the month of December. So this is an exciting period for us. Similarly, for the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a very exciting period that we are coming to, the month of Ramadan. Then after that, the month of Hajj will begin. So it is very, very exciting for those people that are the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We find that we're in the month of February, Many business people, there is a very important day for them in the month of February. That is the 28th of February. Generally, it is the financial year end. So you will find that people already are planning, those that are in business, etc. They are already planning that come the 28th of February, we need to do stock takes. We need to analyze and assess the levels of our stock. We need to see whether how much of sales that are there, if there is a big sales that we are planning to do, whether we should bring it in this financial year end, whether we must bring it in the next financial year end. Wait for that sale to go through in March or bring it in now, or like that you'll find people that give a lot of donations, they talk about Section 18A certificates, many of them are calculating, have I got enough 18A certificates in this financial year end, or must I wait for next financial year end to bring those certificates, so there's a lot of planning that is going before this 28th of February. For many people. But there is one day in the year that is much more greater, much more dearer, much more important to a Muslim than even the 28th day of February. What day is that? That is the first day of Ramadan. It is a very exciting period, very exciting time. Am I ready to meet that first day of Ramadan? What preparations have I done to meet that day of the first day of Ramadan? Look at a person who is a comrade's runner, a person who is a runner that he does running. He practises and he prepares himself because he, does, he knows if I don't prepare, I don't do anything and that day comes then immediately I can try but I won't make it. But a man who is intelligent and he's clever, so to speak, I'm talking in worldly terms now, not a religious person that runs the comedy in just general terms, he prepares, he times himself, he sees whether he's got that rhythm, he's managing that run of his, he has a lot of preparations as far as his health is concerned, his weight is concerned, he is maintaining his health so that when that day comes for that marathon, I'm ready for it. So like that, when the month of Ramadan comes, it shouldn't be such that it comes as a surprise to us. That here is the first day of Ramadan that has come and we haven't got into a rhythm with anything. We haven't got into a rhythm as far as our salah is concerned. We haven't got into a rhythm as far as our tilawat of Quran is concerned. We haven't got into a rhythm as far as trying to get takbir Olah in the first half of the masjid is concerned. We haven't got into the rhythm as far as our Tahajjud, our Ishraq, our Awabin. Now the month of Ramadan comes, suddenly we are trying to get into the rhythm. It's a bit too late. We're going to lose a major part of the month of Ramadan if we're going to start then. Now is the start for those that love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ashaddu hubbal dillah. They're already preparing to meet that Mubarak day of Ramadan. So now they start with the tilawat of Quran. When the month of Ramadan comes, they're already into the rhythm. They've got a timetable that they're following a timetable already from now, how I can be early in the masjid, I got my salah, how I can get tilawat of Quran, how I can fit in that ishraq, how I can fit in that tahajjud. When the month of Ramadan comes, are we just moving with the flow? That is an intelligent person. We are doing it all the time for our businesses, but are we doing it for our deen? So as I'm explaining, when a person has got that intense love, person is a ashik of Allah Ta'ala, then two things continuously he monitors in his life. One is, am I doing those things that will gain me the pleasure of Allah ta'ala? Number one. And the second thing he does, he's constantly monitoring himself to see, am I staying away from those things that earn the displeasure of Allah? So, one is, am I doing those things that earn the pleasure? The second is, am I staying away? Am I refraining from those things that earn the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Just to illustrate this point about the person that is so careful about not earning the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala and earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala there was a Sahabi by the name of Abu Talha Radiallahu Anhu. This Sahabi was a very great Sahabi, he had a lot of love for Rasulullah like all the Sahaba. So anyway he had a orchard and that orchard was very very beloved to him. It was not an ordinary orchard, We many of us have got assets, many of us have got properties, but one asset, one investment, one property may be much more dearer to us than the other assets that we own. So like that, there was one orchard of his that was very beloved to him. Just to give you an idea of that location of that orchard, where it was located, in today's Madina Sharif, if a person is going from the rear end, from the Tayyibah side, from the Hilton side, is going into the Haram, you got the main entrance for the men. Just before that stairway going up where the doors are, just before that stairway, was around the area where his orchard was located. So it had a fantastic location. It was located very near the Mubarak Masjid of Rasulullah Sallallahu the home of Rasulullah Sallallahu It had an additional advantage that it had a well in there that was producing very sweet water. Now in those days, at that time, there was no municipal water that was running. Water in an orchard in a good location and being sweet also was something that put up the price and the value of that orchard much, much more. In fact, it was so beloved that Rasulullah would sometimes come there and he would relax in the orchard. He would dip his feet in the water of that orchard. So, this made that orchard even more beloved to Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu an. the fact that Rasulullah would visit that orchard. So, when these ayat of Quran were revealed, Lan birra hatta mimma none of you. Can achieve, or none of you will achieve the higher levels of piety until he spends of what he loves. In other words, to reach that higher levels of piety, person will have to spend of what he loves. So, when Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu he anhu heard this ayat of the Quran, this is what you call a person who's got love for Allah ta'ala. He's looking for those opportunities to get the pleasure of Allah ta'ala. He comes to Rasulullah ﷺ and he tells Rasulullah ﷺ that out of all the orchards I have, out of all the properties I have, this one is the most beloved to me. It was known as Bayruha. This Bayruha is the most beloved to me. I make you witness that I am giving this to you. You may use it as you wish. As you wish, you may use it, O oh, Rasulullah. ﷺ, I want to get that higher level, that higher connection with Allah. That is what I want. Allah ta'ala give us that spirit also, that we want to get that higher connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi tells him to distribute it amongst his family members. And Nabi alayhi salatu mentions two Sahaba that were actually related to him from about the fifth to the sixth generation in his family. So they were not direct close relatives, they were relatives but higher up as far as the relationship was concerned. But this didn't affect him at all, this is what Rasulullah sallallahu wants me to do. I have done it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one side that this orchard, I am giving it away to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On another occasion, Hazrat Abu Talha radiallahu anhu was in one of his orchards, and he was performing salah, and whilst he was performing salah, nafil salah he was performing, he heard some birds fluttering in that orchard, and they were fluttering in the dense leaves and branches of that orchard. So that fluttering took away his mind for a few moments and he forgot how many rakats of salah he was reading. So then he thought to himself that if it is this orchard that is preventing me from getting that pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, it's spoiling that connection of minds to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, I don't need this orchard. This orchard he gave it away for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. I don't want anything to come between me and my Allah. That little bit of fluttering of the birds in that orchard was enough for him to give it up. Let us ask ourselves how many gadgets we got, how many things we've got in our homes that earn the displeasure of Allah subhanahu I'll give you one example, the television in our homes. Let us ask ourselves, does this bring the pleasure of Allah or does this bring the displeasure of Allah ta'ala? Yeah, sahabi was willing to give up an whole orchard to just get the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes we got things there but we find it so hard to give it up. Suleyman alayhis Salam, this aspect about giving up something for the sake of Allah Taala is known as ghairat Ghairat means nothing must come between me and my beloved Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Sulaiman so, was the head of state. So the ayat of the Quran, ayat of the Quran explains that if عليه that what he would do is he would inspect the steeds of war, those horses that were used for war. He would inspect them. And now, from an administration point of view, a person is the head of the administration. These horses are being used in the path of Allah Ta'ala, they used for jihad. Now to inspect them also is an ibadat. So he was doing one level of ibadat by inspecting them. But simultaneously he would have a ma'mul. A ma'mul means a practice that he would do every day. Like how a person has got a ma'mul that I wake up every day for tahajjud, I read so much of Quran, I read my Yasin every morning, I make zikr every morning, or every day I do some good deed, some good action, that is a, known as a ma'mul and the plural of ma'mul is ma'mulat so sometimes you hear this word ma'mulat it means the good action and practices that people have, so he had one practice in that time he had one practice that he would do and he would complete it before sunset, that was his normal practice for the sake of Allah Ta'ala there was some ibadah that he would do and he would complete it by sunset, now when he was busy inspecting these horses of war the Ayat of the Qur'an explains, Urida Jia. Time had passed, the sun had set, but he did not complete his ma'mul. Something came between him and Allah. There was a disturbance between him and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that was these horses. In other words, I was looking at these horses, I was impressed by it, and he took up so much of my time, It took up so much of that ma'mul that he would do, that action that he would do, it hurt him so much. He ordered, bring all those horses back. All those horses that came as a disturbance between me and Allah, send them back. And Sulaiman, was salam, for the sake of Allah, he slaughtered them, he sacrificed them for the sake of Allah. We might ask ourselves that this might be wastage. Person is slaughtering horses. We know we're not allowed to eat horses. But in that, in the Sharia of Sulaiman, they were allowed to eat horses. So it wasn't something that was wasted. It was done for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. He sacrificed all those horses for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. He sacrificed land travel for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. ma nasiya. When a person wants the love of Allah Ta'ala, he wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, he is willing to sacrifice those things that come in between him and the love of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala doesn't forget. Allah doesn't forget. Allah replaces that person with much, much, much more. What did Allah Ta'ala replace Sulaiman Ali Salaam? Allah Ta'ala Himself mentions in the Qur'an وَلِسُلَيْمَانَ الرِّيحَ غُدُوهَا شَهْرُ وَرَوَحْوَا شَهْرَ وَلِسُلَيْمَانَ الرِّيحَ عَاسِفَةً That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Sulaiman alayhi salatu wa with such air travel. غُدُوهَا شَهْرُ وَرَوَحْوَا شَهْرَ That Suleiman Ali Salaat wa Salaam gave up land travel for the sake of Allah, Allah blessed him with air travel. And what type of air travel that it is mentioned that he would travel for a short while in the morning, and he would travel, or travel a short while in the evening. Olama explained approximately one hour's journey in the morning, one hour's journey in the evening, and how much distance he would tra- cover with that travel, he would cover the distance of one month's journey. What he gave up for the sake of Allah, those horses, land travel, Allah Ta'ala blessed him with air travel. And approximately, if one has to work it out, it's almost the speed of an aeroplane that he was travelling at. And Allah Ta'ala caused the, the laws of nature around to be in conformity with that travel also. There was no need for airbags, there was no need for oxygen masks being deployed, there was no need for windows, there was no need for seatbelts like how we have in our aeroplanes. Allah Ta'ala had caused the laws of nature around that speed that Sulaiman was moving to be in conformity with that movement also. So there was no need also for a landing strip, there was no need also for a taking-off strip, there was no need also for all the modern-day aviation technology Allah Ta'ala had given him this blessing. Why? Because he gave it up for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala did not forget. This is our Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So when a person is going towards Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala does not forget. Imam Abu Hanifa, we don't have too much of time, I'll just give a few instances to see how a person is looking all the time, that I don't want to get into anything that will take me away from my Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. On one occasion Imam Abu Hanifa, he was in Kufa, he heard of some goats, that were looted and stolen. Now, they, When the goats are looted and stolen, they normally get so, sold in the marketplace. So it worried him that I don't want to purchase, even by mistake, the stolen goats. It was not a maslā, this we're talking about taqwa. When a person is worried that I don't want anything must come in between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it worried him that if I'm going to buy this goat or goat meat, then what if it's from that stolen amount? We heard of it that this thing was looted and stolen. So what he did was he found out what is the lifespan of a goat. He was told approximately six to seven years. For that period, he did not eat any goat meat. I don't want to perhaps buy something. Although there were thousands of goats being sold on I don't even want to take a chance for this goat meat that I'm purchasing. It might be from stolen goods. I don't even want to take that chance. And there's another incident. This is Mufti Ahmad Salihin. he mentions this incident. He said on one occasion he was close to the river bank and there was a 4G. 4G is a government official. In those days and even now also you find especially in our country it's at a different level where government officials taking bribes. To get your work done they take bribes. That I'll do this for you and I'll get that done for you and I'll do this for you. To such an extent even basic municipality work nowadays nothing is getting done without bribes. This is how it has become. So this is not something new. Even at that time also the government officials they would take. So this official, this police official he was there eating a piece of meat, and he had some leftover meat on that bone that he was eating, he threw it into that river. Imam Abu Hanifa, he was worried that the fish that was there around, he would normally buy fish from that river. So he stopped purchasing fish until the extent that he was sure that whatever fish was there now would have passed away, It had died. Now only after that, he started eating fish. So Mufti Khan Puri, he mentions, he says, we may think that these people are mad. What extremes they are taking, we may think they are mad, but they are not mad. They are madly in love with Allah. This was Imam Abu hanifa said. Madly in love with Allah. I don't want anything must come between me and my Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I must be very, very careful that I don't do anything that brings about the displeasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. My time has expired. The message that we have today is that this month is coming. This month of love. Let us start preparing from now. Let us look into our lives. Is there anything that is doubtful? Is there anything that is causing the disturbance between me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Imam Bukhari Rahmatullah alayhi in his kitab al he brought the saying of Hassan ibn Abi Sinan, who was a tabi from Basra. He brought his saying. And what was he saying? Ma ra'aytu shay'an ahwana min al-war'i. That we all looking to get close to Allah ta'ala. Close to Allah ta'ala. Ramadan is the month of taqwa. We fast. Why? So that we can gain taqwa. He says, I haven't found any road. I haven't found any route. I haven't found any way shorter, quicker to get taqwa than this route. And then he explains what this route is. It's a very simple route. but if we bring it into our lives, this is a shortcut to getting taqwa, to getting piety. He then goes on to say, Da' yuribuk, yuribuk ila ma la yuribuk. That leave out those things that cause you to get into a doubt. Anything that is doubtful, leave it out. And go for those things that there is no doubt. There are so many things that is doubtful we leave these things out we don't need anything that is doubtful somebody might say it's okay for insurance somebody say don't take insurance somebody says go and bank i'll take my interest from the bank somebody say don't take interest somebody says okay to watch tv somebody say not okay to watch tv somebody says oh simple thing he's telling us giving us that there's doubt in anything leave it out what we show about we do this is the quickest route to getting to Taqwa. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tofik. If a man practices this from now, in the month of Ramadan, he'll have a clean Ramadan. He'll have an easy Ramadan. Ulama explained that the mind also is at ease. When a person has got this policy and I leave anything that is doubtful out, it's a very easy policy. Like a man that is travelling from overseas and he's coming. You've got two people, two passengers, they may be sitting next to each other. One person knows that I'm. I got gold, I got diamonds, I got jewellery, I'm definitely, if if customs stop me, I'm in trouble. The whole journey, this man is worried. Why? Because he's in a state, he's at, in a state of doubt that will they stop me, won't they stop me? How am I going to get away? Will I be able to pass them? And you got another man who chose a road, I don't get into anything that is doubtful. I'm 100% sure that my bags, my luggage is clear. That whole road, that whole journey, which one of the two passengers will be at ease? That one that stayed away from anything that will bring about doubt, that man is enjoying his journey, he's able to sleep, he's able to rest. This man, the whole journey is worried that how I'm going to get past customs. my explained that we want a peaceful Ramadan, we want a peaceful life. We adopt this policy. Anything that is doubtful, we take it out of our system. What is not doubtful, we bring it into our system. Allah Ta'ala will make it such that we'll reach that point of Taqwa and we'll be able to get the love of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala accept. And may Allah give us the two of making amal wa Dawa and Alhamdulillah. rabbil alamin.
1: Akbar, 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 Shadu الله أشهد, أن اشهد ان محمد الرسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة
0: الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي ذات يعظم الصفات سمي سمات كبير الشان جليل قدير رفيع الذكر مطاع لم جليل برهان فخيم الاسم غزير العلم وسهل الحلم كثير الغفران جميل التناء جزيل العطاء مجيب الدعاء عميم الإحسان سريع الحساب شديد العقاب أليم العذاب عزيز السلطان ونشهد والله إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث إلى الأحمر والأسود المنعوت بشرح الصدر ورفع الذكر صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الذين قلاصة العرب العربة وخير الخلائق بعد الأنبياء فيا معشر الإخوان وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس الطاعات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تتهدي إلى الإطاعة ومن أطاع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهددى وإياكم والبدعة فإن البدعة تتهدي إلى المعصية ومن يعصي الله ورسوله فقد ضل وغوى وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين ولا تحب الدنيا فتكونوا من الخاسرين الا وان النفس لا تموت حتى تستكمل رزقها فاتقوا الله واجملوا في الطلب وتوكلوا عليه فان الله يحب المتوكلين واحفظوا وقتكم فان الوقت انفس من الذهب والفضه وقد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس يتحسر اهل الجنه الا على ساعه مرد بهم ولم يذكروا الله تعالى فيها واستغفرو ربكم يمدكم بموالي وبنين ودعوا ربكم فإن ربكم مجيب الداعين وقال تعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقال ربكم دعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين استكبرون عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخلين بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات والذكر الحكيم أقول قول هذا وأستغفر الله I ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور you الحمد لله الحمد لله you ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به you عليه. وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شُرُورِ أَنْفُسِنَا وَمِنْ سَيِّئَاتِ أَعْمَالِنَا مَنْ يهدي اللَّهُ فَلَا مُضِلَّ لَهُ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلْ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ ونشد والله لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشد والنسيدنا مولانا محمد عبده ورسوله قال تعالى في قران المجيد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وازواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فيما بعد الأحاديث المختلفة أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عن وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عن وأصدقهم حيا أن عثمان رضي الله تعالى عن وأقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عن وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة بذوان الله تعالى عليه مجمعين اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعد فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم منصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم منصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وجعلنا منهم اللهم انصر اخواننا في فلسطين اللهم انصرهم على عدوهم اللهم انا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم فالله خير حافظ وهو ارحم الراحمين Ibadullah Ihsani wa Then shoulder to shoulder and shoulder the subs are filled in from the front and kindly take out a few seconds to look at our phones and see that it is switched off. There.
1: Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Malik Yawm الدين Iyaka na'budu wa Iyaka nasta'in Ihdina الصirata al-mustakim صirata al-lazina an'amta alayhim غير المغضوب alayhim walaghdum فاللٍ فأما الإنسان إذا مَبْتَلَاهُ ربه فقدر عليه رزقه فيقول فيقول ربي أهانا كلا بل لا تكرمون اليتيم ولا تحظون على طعام المسكين وتأكلون التراث أكلا لما وتحبون المال حبا جما الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر فأما الإنسان إذا مبتلاه ربه فأكرمه ونعمه فيقول ربي أكرمن وأما إذا مبتلاه فقدر عليه رزقه فيقول ربي أهالا كلا بل لا تكرمون اليتيم وجيء يومئذ بجهنم يومئذ يتذكر الإنسان وأنا له الذكرى يقول يا ليتني قدمت لحياتي فيومئذ لا يعذب عذابه أحد ولا يوثق وثاقه أحد يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة إرجعي إلى ربك راضيا مرضيا. فادخلي في عبادي وادخلي جنتي الله اكبر الله لمن حميدا الله أكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر, الله أكبر, الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله
0: السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تبارت ربنا وتعليتي هذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم إنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا ماني لما عطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع للجد منك الجد اللهم دين الحق حق ورزقنا اتباعه وَلِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلَ وَرَزْقِنَا اجْتِنَبَهُ اللهم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وَسَلَامٌ على المرسلين الحمد اللَّهِ رب العليم.